We are joined by the one, the only, Mr. Ian Begley, covering the Knicks and Nets for SNY. Catch him on Twitter at Ian Begley. Ian Begley, my man, how you doing? What's happening? Randy, how are you, bro? Everything all right on your end? I'm doing good, man. Welcome back. You know, Denny, we always have Ian at the beginning, the middle, and the end of the season. So this is our time to talk about what's going on in the world of the Knicks, the Nets, NBA. So we are happy to have you on. As always, find Denny Blanco on IG and Twitter as Sir Denny Blanco. Find myself, Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, also on BallsLife.com, YouTube.com slash Podcast Network. Danny Blanco, my man, how you doing? You know the vibes, like we always do at this time. <laughs> In the game podcast, we got a special guest, and I don't even... I'm so excited. I don't even know where to go. I don't know if, you know, if I put my well, start nets, it off, start it off. I don't want to, I don't want to put my nets on the table because then he may, you know, may attack me, but then, you know, the Knicks, well, let, let's start with the nets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the nets. Okay. Let's the go. Knicks have added Jalen Brunson point guard that I think they needed between you and us. And obviously everyone listening, how um, big was that pickup for the Knicks? Look, they've been looking for a point guard, the franchise has, for most of the last 20 years. So if you look at it from that standpoint, this should stabilize that position for at least the next four years with Brunson under contract. You know, I've criticized the Knicks for the the way they got to getting Brunson, which was, you know, having to trade off the contracts that they had signed the previous summer to create the cap space to get Brunson. It was a little bit of a winding road. It wasn't straightforward to getting him. But they've got them, and they really, really – I mean, Tom Thibodeau, at least, and I'm sure management loves having him in the building. Uh, they see him as somebody who can really lift all the players that he shares the floor with and shares the locker room with. Now, uh, will the Knicks take a, take a step forward this year from a win-loss perspective? I think that's the key because that's what really matters. Uh, but I do think Jalen Brunson, you know, they're very excited about having him. They see him as a, as a positive uh, addition to the group here. And I think that's how it'll play out because based on everything that you've heard and seen so far from Jalen Brunson, he's going to have a positive impact on this club. Positive I, impact, Randy. Positive. I think, I think for me, Jalen Brunson is like, he's not just a, him being a point guard on a team. It, it, it means more than that because now he's a point guard. I can pass the ball, shoot the ball, create his own shot, create for other people. And can can get double teamed at times, so that now the 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 offensive load is not only on Julius Randle and not only on RJ Barrett. So now you have three potential 15, 18 points per game kind of people on the floor. So that I think that's the real benefit of having Brunson on the squad. No, a thousand percent, yeah. And Denny, I mean, do you see this as uh, like a, the sign that the Knicks can at least take a step forward? I mean, how do you view it? Well, Ian, listen, great great question. Randy and I have had conversations for about three, two, three months now in, in terms of what this uh, team could shape up like and uh, where the Knicks would go in the events they, you know, settled down and actually started uh, gelling. And I said, I don't even know if based on this East, I don't know if they'd be able to make the playoffs. And I said that honestly because I'm just going down the line. I'm just like, okay, Bucks got better, you got the Nets. You got the Bulls, you got Atlanta, you got Boston, you got the Heat, and I'm just Charlotte. Well, obviously, Ball just got hurt, 
But I'm just sitting back and I'm looking. I'm like, I don't know if they're maybe seventh seed. And I don't know if that's enough for a lot of these Knicks fans. I don't know. Randy, is that uh, we've had the conversation. Is that enough for you just making the playoffs? No, nah, I, I, I want to hear Ian first. <laughs> yeah, I think I think, you know, getting into the playing tournament to me, depending on what the win total is um, to me, that should be enough for this group. And if you go about it by um, playing enough of the young players to where one or two of them makes a big jump, uh, I think that's a successful season for this team based on the total picture, you know, where they've been since Leon Rose came aboard, where they were year one, Tom Thibodeau, where they were last year under Tom Thibodeau. If they get into the playing tournament then, and they win, you know, 39, 40 games, and Jalen Brunson plays a major role in that, and then you see an R.J. Barrett or an Obi Toppin, an Emmanuel Quickly, a Quentin Grimes, one of those young players take a big jump. I think then you can say to yourself, hey, we've taken a step in the right direction. Mm, see, big jump. One of the core young players need to take a big jump, Randy. But here's the thing. You need minutes to take a jump, baby. <laughs> Randy, <laughs> fair. you need Very minutes fair, to take a jump. So if you have yep. no minutes, Randy, who's jumping? <laughs> uh, no, you're right. And I, I, I'm going to get to that. Uh, piggyback on your point about how good the Eastern Conference got. So there is one team you did forget to mention, but I'll reiterate you. Boston got Brogdon, Gallinari, Gallo's hurt. Um, Chicago still got Zach Levine and DeRozan. Brooklyn pretty much got uh, uh, their starting five back. We get You get Ben Simmons back. You get Joe Harris back. You add TJ Warren. Um, they add Royce O'Neal, um, uh, Milwaukee. But the Cleveland Cavaliers got better, too. With a guy who was always in the media when it came to the Knicks in the whole summertime, Donovan Mitchell. So I I like that roster, uh, Ian, uh, with, with Donovan and Garland. And, and they got him without even trading Garland or, or Jared Allen or, or Evan Mobley. Steel. Um, and to kind of circle with, with the Knicks, I I wasn't a fan. I wasn't that, that fan who, who was saying that I didn't get Donovan and I'm tight or, or I'm upset because I feel like if you had to get them, you had to give up three or four of your, of your young core players who I think can all make a leap uh, this year. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Donovan. I'm glad he, he got, he uh, he's in Cleveland, but I, I think the Knicks are I'm not saying better off, but I think they're in a good situation now having more of the role players, the young core players than having Donovan Mitchell right now. Yeah, you know what? I mean, time will tell, Randy, but I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Uh, but one thing that I would say is just in a general sense, Leon Rose, William Wesley, Tom Thibodeau, I think they, they're here, yes, to build a winning team and to build mm. it the right way, but to also, you know, attract a star or two to right. New York. And so you had the opportunity to do that. I think the Knicks could have made Utah an offer that Utah had to accept because it was so big. Um, but they chose not to. And so the, what do you do from here? Do you do you then go get another star player? Is Does that opportunity, is mm. it better than the one that was in front of you with Donovan Mitchell? And I think that's how you, that's part of the factor here and how you judge that Donovan Mitchell situation. Uh, let's see what happens in Cleveland. And Mitchell's there for three years. So they're set up uh, yeah. to have significant success over the next three seasons. See, I see Danny making that face. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't have taken Donovan Mitchell. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I understand what you're I saying. I would have taken Donovan Mitchell. Let me let me put let me put some pins on this, some things. Okay. First and foremost, Ian makes a great point because I was the one telling you 
The Knicks need to make an offer they cannot refuse for Donovan Mitchell. That was the first thing I said to you when, when there was an, a, a little, a, literally a conversation about Donovan Mitchell. He's on the, he's on the uh, maybe getting traded. I said the Knicks need to make him an offer, need to make Utah an offer they can't refuse. That wasn't on the table. Now, you mentioned, obviously, if you get Donovan, you got to lose some of these pieces. Here's the thing. If you don't get Donovan, you need to see, we need to see what those pieces are. So right. oh, we don't want to give up Obi. We don't want to give up Grimes. We don't want to give up quickly or second round, third round picks, whatever the case may be. Okay, that's one thing. But you know Obi was going to have to be in there somewhere. Somebody with value had to be in somewhere. Mm-hmm. If we don't see what he is worthy, worth right now during this season, it's like we didn't get a trade and we didn't even get to see OB develop or quickly develop or Grimes develop. You know what I'm saying? We can't have it both ways in terms of the Knicks. Now, just to close that out, the Nets are looking mighty, mighty fine right now after some injuries and some COVID situations and some some trades, you know, rumors going around. The Nets are looking kind of okay. Now, do you think, Ian, if you had to bet your beautiful suit that you're wearing right now? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Would you bet the Knicks having a better record than the Nets? No. 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 I'm betting the Nets having a better record than the Knicks for sure. Right. I mean, right. I, for, for everything that, that you said, Denny, I mean, that roster, um, you know, th- it's all season, a lot of drama. And obviously, you know, it's it didn't play out how Kevin Durant wanted it to play out because he asked for a trade. But now you sit here and Durant's healthy. Kyrie Irving will be on the floor for you healthy. And, you know, we'll see how Ben Simmons gets acclimated. But there's a lot of depth there. You know, Royce O'Neal, uh, when T.J. Warren gets back healthy, when Joe Harris is 100%, uh, you know, Seth Curry, uh, you know, Patty Mills, there's a lot to that roster that you like. And the shooting around Irving, Durant, and Simmons, I mean, when those guys, when everybody's healthy, everybody's going, that's a tough roster. And so, uh, you know, defensively, I think they're going to be challenged. But by and large, over an 82-game season – I think they're going to have a lot of success. And I think that, you know, if they're healthy and in a good place going into the playoffs, I wouldn't want to see the Nets in the postseason. If I'm a Milwaukee, a Philadelphia, a Boston, if they're healthy and and the pieces are fitting well, as the Nets hope they do going mm-hmm. into April, I wouldn't want to see that team. I'd be losing games trying to avoid that matchup in the first round. No, listen, I agree. I told Dan, I tell Danny the last couple of weeks, a healthy KD, Kyrie, Joe Harris, Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is, is is the X factor to all of this right now. So a guy that you ain't got to get him the ball to make a shot or take threes or, or whatever, he's going to find you at the right time, the right people, uh, plays defense, gets rebounds. So that, that's the guy that you really need on your roster. Um, I do want to go back to what Denny said, which is very important about the Mitchell stuff, not giving up a guy like Obi, but now it's like if you don't give him up, you gotta find the room in the minutes for him to play. And I think mm-hmm. see when you go on social media and Twitter, every Nick fan is saying we gotta find Obi quickly more minutes. But Obi is important because and you know you know me and you go back with Obi when he was just this tall and and everything. Shout out to his, his mom and dad, Ronnie and Obadiah. Um, but you gotta find the minutes for him, even though he's playing behind an all-star caliber power forward. Now, many fans on social media aren't big fans of, of Randall. They, 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 they're on the, the OB bandwagon, which, which I get. But Tom Thibodeau either got to play them together, which he said he probably won't, 
or you got to slide Obi into what 20, 25 minutes, year one, 11, year two, 17 minutes. How, how many minutes you think he, he should be getting this year? Yeah, I think he's got to get over 20. I mean, if he gets 20 consistently, I think that's um, uh, where the Knicks, you could see the Knicks have made an adjustment and have cut Randall's minutes a bit and have increased mm-hmm. Obi Toppins. And to me, you know, the actual number, yeah, you want it around 20, I think, because you want to see an increase. But it, it, more so for me, it's the consistency of the minutes because, you know, he was getting ganked out of the not out of the rotation but off the floor after he made mistakes as a rookie and I think that's the proper way uh to approach coaching a rookie uh I'm not going to criticize Tom Thibodeau for that but then year two um you know it was similar the approach uh, Toppin's minutes were more sporadic and when you win games and the the players minutes are sporadic Mm. it's okay but if you're losing games and your number I believe it was eight overall pick pardon me if I was off on that um, yeah. was is getting sporadic minutes and the player playing ahead of him isn't helping you win games. I think that's where questions uh, start to come from. So, you know, to me, it's not so much the actual number, but it's just the consistency of the role and the role being a bit increased from last season. I think that's the easiest way to do it. And then look, you see how Obi Toppin responds to the bigger minutes. Is he helping you win games? Uh, is he not? And then you judge from there. So well, before then, before then he goes, I yeah. think what's very important is the fact that, and you can see it already in preseason, Obi looks more comfortable out there, confident, like the first, more comfortable, confident. He's not looking over his shoulder if Tip gonna yank him out every four minutes. So I think that's like, you know, him being twenty four years old, three year college guy coming to the league, and it's like again the all star power forward, Randall ahead of you, but now it's like. He's shooting more threes. He's ducking more in the game in between the legs. He's getting more acclimated and comfortable to the NBA lifestyle. And I think that's going to be a major key for him this year. Dan, you want to hit that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a major key, but Tom Thibodeau, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, Tom Danny's Thibodeau. favorite coach. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau, one of my favorite. Tom Thibodeau, um, greatest, one of the greatest defensive coaches I've ever seen. That's a fact. Okay, he just knows defensive principles. He explains it well. He's been coaching for a period of time. Offensively, when it comes to rotations, I have some pushback. I really do. I am sorry. The last couple of um, last couple of games last season with Obi, when he actually got minutes with quickly, they were doing very very well. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a situation this year with the Knicks. Now that you have the talent with everyone healthy, the first twenty five games are going to be key. Because I also have a I also have issue with with Evan Fournier. I think he's a great shooter, but he's not defensively. He's not there, and he it hurts the uh, it hurts the defensive team when one person can't keep the guy in front of him. So it's going to be interesting to see what Tom Timido does when it comes to the minutes with Obi. Quickly, if he keeps Evan on the floor, if Evan keeps getting you know chopped up, will he be able to make an actual change? The first twenty games, twenty five games will be pivotal. What say you? Look, I'm with that because you, you you look at the big picture, right? And you look at, again, the Knicks had to trade some players uh, and include some assets, second-round draft picks, a first-round pick, to get off some salary to sign Jalen Brunson. And to me, that, that says, like, you've got to 
have success with this team. Like it's, there's no wiggle room, right? Because if this team craters, then I think that, you know, the way things go in pro sports, there's going to be changes or there's going to be pressure, uh, I think this internally and externally uh, for the group to make changes. So th this group has to get off to a solid start uh, mm -hmm. in general. Uh, you know, you look at that first 25 games, first 15 games, I don't, I don't think you could be, you know, five and 10 or, you know, like uh, 12, uh, 10 and 15. Like that's not going to be good. There's going to be, uh, I think, a lot of noise around Tom Thibodeau's, you know, job security or maybe the front office changes. So it's imperative that the group gets off to a good start. Um, and I think it's imperative that, you know, Obi Toppin at least is given the chance to succeed or fail in a role that's slightly bigger than, than he had last season and a consistent role where he's playing a certain amount of minutes, a certain amount of time, night in and night out. Ian's preaching, Randy. Ian's so, preaching. I mean, as I, always, I, I mean, as always. He, he, he's preaching. <laughs> I've been having some convos with, you know, friends, you know, off the air and everything the last couple uh, weeks. And one question we always bring up is like, who, who could potentially be an all-star for the first time this year? And two guys keep coming up, Ant-Man and R.J. Barrett. Mm. R.J. Mm. Barrett gets the extension this summer, uh, well-deserved. And a guy, if you give him more minutes, is going to probably get you between 20, 21, 23 a game, somewhere in that, to me, somewhere in that, in that realm. Um, sky's the limit for R.J. Barrett. How do you see this? this upcoming season for RJ Barrett and could it be, could it smell a, a potential all-star berth for RJ Barrett? I think with RJ Barrett, I mean, recent history tells you that he's going to improve in, in certain areas of his game, uh, whether it's uh, finishing at the rim, uh, whether he's going to continue to make jumps from behind the arc uh, and whether it's defensively, you're going to see an area of the game where he makes a jump. So, uh, I think that's something that you can count on with Barrett, you know, year in and year out until he's, uh, you know, fully reached the ceiling, whatever that may be. Uh, with regards to All-Star, I mean, I think it depends somewhat on how the Knicks are doing because if R.J. Barrett's putting up 20, 23 points a night, shooting the ball really well, defending well, uh, but the team is, you know, several games below 500 and is, is not uh, – doesn't look like a cohesive competitive unit night in and night out. I think that's going to hurt R.J. Barrett's case. But if he's putting up those numbers and the Knicks are at or exceeding expectations, I think he'll have a legitimate case to, to make an all-star team to be voted in as an all-star by the league's assistant coaches. So I think part mm -hmm. of it depends on what's going on around them. But I think for Barrett, it would be surprising, based on what he, we've seen from him the first three years, if he doesn't take a, a step forward in at least one area of his game and, and maintain the rest of uh, what he brings to the floor. So, so now when you add Brunson, who is the main go-to guy? Is it still Randall or you think it's RJ or you think it's Brunson? Good question. Really, really good question. Denny, <laughs> uh, you want to go first? I'll hop on after you. I mean, on it. Uh, <laughs> wow, wow. Okay. For time for time constraints, not going to stretch this. I'm going to say Brunson. The reason why I say Brunson is because, number one, Villanova, Dallas, hit now New York, he's always been the guy to take the right shot, make the right pass. So mm -hmm. I'm going to say Brunson. Ian? Yeah, I think, you know, I've asked, right? I've asked the question, is it important to have, a like, a hierarchy 
to Tom Thibodeau and to others. And they kind of downplay it. And so, so far, right, just two, excuse me, two preseason games, they've had an egalitarian approach on offense where the ball moves. Um, the shot distribution is, is, is kind of uh, even. And so I don't know if there's going to be a, a hierarchy established, but I, I do think that if you're, you're going to pick from one of those three guys, it's most likely Brunson. And I say that because he's going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to be creating something. He's going to try to create a seam in the defense, whether it's to create an opening look for his open look for his teammate or himself. So I think he's most likely the guy to get a shot at the end of a game. Mm. So last question. Well, two, I got two more before I uh, let you go in. Hold on. Listen, tell my agent. We're not signing yet. <laughs> show me the money. That's, That's right. Show you, show, show you the money. That's what I'm talking um, about. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn, I forgot what the question was. That damn phone call. <laughs> we're talking about um, we were talking about um, the, the hierarchy. Oh, I got it. Um, I think we would be remiss if we don't mention how I know Denny may not care as much, but I think the Losing Derrick Rose last year to the injury really affected how the Knicks play going forward. Yep. Um, now you get him back healthy. How talk about the importance of Derrick Rose coming back healthy this year? Huge, huge. I mean, he was a driving force for them in 2021 after they acquired him via trade. They were a different team. Uh, and Randy, you said it, they were a different team last year when he was out. So having him back and the second unit in particular, the way he's able to get OB topping going, the way he's able to play on and off the ball with Emmanuel quickly. Uh, it's just a really, really important piece for this team. And also just a, a, a guy who speaks Tom Thibodeau's language. So having him in the locker room mm. uh, as kind of a conduit to uh, help the players along when they when it's a losing streak or they're struggling, you know, that's big too. So you, I don't think you could really overstate the importance of Rose being back with this group. Mm. Danny, any more for Ian? Well, listen, I listen. I don't want to. I'll, I'll hijack Ian because <laughs> he not only you know knows his basketball and he just knows his information, but he, you know seems to me and him seem to be on the same wavelength. Unlike you, Randy. So Dang. you know, uh, unfortunately, we we're gonna have to let him go. But right. um, he's he's definitely hit on a bunch of uh, very very great points that we're all gonna be watching toward this season, obviously. Right. With the Nets and the Knicks. I have one last question before I let you go. Oh, oh, oh. Brooklyn. You think no, this is this is the uh, the west this is the West Coast. I'm going to West Coast now. Okay. Uh, NBA question. Mm -hmm. Do you think Draymond Green should be suspended? Take your time with it. You got a couple minutes. Yeah, I think. If you want to, if you want to keep him on that roster, if you're Golden State, you I think you have to levy a fine and a suspension to show everyone else in that locker room that hey, we're holding Draymond accountable. And so when he comes back to us, and you know he assumingly is apologetic and men's fences with everybody, it, it's done with the context of hey, he paid a heavy price for overstepping the lines of of what we expect here among teammates. So I think if you're the Warriors and you want to keep him on that roster and you want to have him a part of your group this season, I think you have to come down heavy with a fine, a suspension in order to make it work moving forward. Great answer. Um, mm. I, I, I just, got one. I got one. Who's the biggest threat to the Warriors in the West? 
Clippers, if they're healthy, I mean, we haven't seen them healthy. Uh, it feels like in a long time. But if those, Caveat, healthy. those guys are healthy, yeah. And John Wall, if he's healthy, I don't know what they're going to ask him to do, start or come off the bench. Uh, but Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, if, if there's health there, uh, the depth is there, uh, the, the, the veteran kind of know-how is there. Teron Lou, fantastic head coach. You know, I think that's a team to keep an eye on. It, when you're talking about who's going to be there at the end with Golden State, if, if that group's healthy, I think they're going to be right there. And who you like coming out the East? Man, I it's tough, man, because I want to go, I would say Boston, but I don't, you know, the coaching situation, I don't know how that impacts the group. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not at all, but I have to think to a degree it impacts the group. You know, Philadelphia, I, I want to believe, but mm -hmm. James Harden, I, I – just there's not a body of work there for me to, to have a lot of confidence that this is definitely going to going to be the pairing to break through in the East. And then, you know, you, you look at maybe uh, Brooklyn, Toronto, Milwaukee. So I'm going to go safe. I'm going to go Milwaukee, play it safe. I think that they're the team that just because of consistency, uh, mm. year in, year out, knowing uh, what it takes to get there. I think, again, if healthy, they lost Chris Middleton in a bad time last year. But if healthy, I think they're the group that gets through. Mm -hmm. uh, Ian Begley, SNY, you also do a digital show on social media um, weekly called The Putback. I'll uh, talk about that, how it got started, when does it happen, and what people can expect from that show. Yeah, you know, we'll, do, uh, we'll do it weekly. Plan is to do it weekly during the season. We'll talk Knicks, Knicks, we'll talk Nets. We'll try to just take you behind the curtain a little bit on, on what's going on with both teams locally over the course of the year. Uh, mm -hmm. That should be uh, on Wednesdays or Thursdays, but we're starting out nice. uh, before the Knicks opener against Memphis next week. We'll be on in the afternoon previewing that and previewing the season. Nice. So, you know, should we expect our invite via email or text or WhatsApp? I'll probably text you over WhatsApp and then WhatsApp. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah, man, listen, we are in the same, somewhat in the same age bracket. Your beard is brown. Mine is gray. What, what is going on, man? What's oh, the secret you got, man? Tell I me, got please. some grays. I got grays coming. Not, in. As, not as much as I do. Hey, look at that. Uh, look, it's, it's kind of, let, let's see where we are next year. Uh, season preview pod. I'm gonna, I might he, outpace you. Yeah, he has grays because he's a Knicks fan. Yeah, well, let me say That's this. Right. Um, objectively, uh, you know, I, I try to stay neutral as a reporter. Mm -hmm. right. I have grays because I'm married with two young kids, and that's. Add that yeah. to the juggling of the work and the assignments and all of that. Yes. Yep. I agree. Go. Yes. Say sir. no more. Uh, Ian Begley at Ian Begley on Twitter, uh, covering the Knicks and Nets for SNY. Find Denny Blanco, Sir, Sir Denny Blanco on IG and Twitter. Rainy J. Cruz on both IG and Twitter. Find the podcast on ballslife.com. Also, youtube.com slash ballslife podcast network, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Show some love and support. Download, rate, comment, all that good stuff. Ian Begley, my man, thank you very much. We definitely appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Looking forward to talking to you soon. Take care. All right, man. Take it easy. Ball is life. Yes, sir.